All right, how we doing, Exchange? Hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a seat, and I want you to say to the person next to you, welcome home. Come on, I want you to hear it. I want to hear it. Welcome home, welcome home. Hey, I'm so glad that you guys are, are working the room, connecting with hopefully some new people, some new faces. Um, and if it's your first time, we want to say welcome home. Help me welcome all the first timers. Come on, let's put our hands together for them. We're so glad that you are here with us. If we haven't met, my name is Mark. I get the opportunity of serving as the young adult pastor here at Grace Family Church. And we've been in a series called Here For It. Anybody here last week? Show of hands if you're here in the room. And um, man, let me tell you, last week was special. 40 people gave their life to Christ. Come on, let's celebrate all those that gave their life to Jesus. And man, I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit is here, and I just believe that the Holy Spirit, he wants to work, and he wants to move, and he wants to speak to you today. And I'm excited as we get ready to jump into week two of our series, because today, we're speaking on one of our values called community. Everybody say community. Here at The Exchange, we say we're not a crowd, but a community of people that are passionate about Jesus, and we just want to live our lives on mission to serve him and to know him. And to do this talk today, I wanted to invite some of our team to the stage, and we're going to do a little bit of a panel today, change it up a little bit, and we just want to have an open conversation on the value of community. I want to welcome to the stage our young adult ministry coordinator, Gabby Mirabella. Come on. Let's go. Hello, hello. Let's go. Is your mic on? Yes, it is. Okay, Hi, everyone. How are we doing? Let's go. Good. All right, next, I want to invite our young adult ministry project manager, brand marketing, strategic, brilliant mind, Lindsay Hernandez. Come on. Let's give it up for Lindsay. What's up, fam? You've got like 82 titles. I don't know which one to go with. Anyways, we're going to invite, last but not least, one of my great friends, uh, Jonathan Serrano. Come on. Give it up for Jonathan Serrano. And I'll tell you what, um, I couldn't think about a better group of people um, than these three to do this talk with tonight. And I know each of them personally, they mean a lot to my wife and I, Michelle. And um, as we built this ministry, we really did it together. I think about uh, all the two, three years you guys been on team here, and Jonathan's newer to the team, but he also serves as our children's ministry coordinator at the Lutz campus. And if you haven't heard... Um, they're doing something really special called Zone Summer right now. We got 1,076 kids showing up at 7.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday this week, to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Super, super special. Uh, Jonathan is bringing great impact to our church, and I think he brings so much impact to this ministry as one of the male leaders of this house. But as we jump into the talk, I want to speak from Acts chapter 2, Verses 42 through 47. This is a passage and a verse that this ministry was built upon. And it speak, speaks to this. It says this in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord, he added to their number daily those who were being saved. He added to their number daily those who were being saved. Saved. This is an important 
passage in the scriptures because what we learn when we read the book of Acts is this is a picture of the early church. It started with a group of Christians, a group of followers of Jesus, and what we learn in the previous verses that the Holy Spirit fell on these people. It was the day of Pentecost. I spoke about it last week, but the Holy Spirit fell on these people. A man by the name of Peter actually, in this moment, he was preaching the gospel. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit falls and all of these people start to repent and they give their lives to Jesus. So now we arrive at this moment in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and what we see is it started off as a crowd of people listening to a sermon to now a community of people living their life on mission for Jesus Christ. That's why here at The Exchange, we say we're not a crowd, but a community. We're not a crowd of people just listening to a message on a Tuesday and jumping in our cars and going home, packing it up and calling it a day. We're called to be a community of people sharing each other's interests, sharing each other's burdens, and most importantly, living our life on mission for Jesus Christ. We don't gather to just have a good time. We gather to live our life for Jesus. So today, as we speak about community, we just want to jump into that. And I want to ask some questions, and I just want us to be open and honest and share from some of our experiences, some of our pain points, some of our challenges. So I want to ask this question. In your personal experience, how has being a part of a Christian community during your young adult years positively impacted your faith journey? I'll go first. Tremendously. I did not have a community at all when I came to the exchange. You know, I came here searching for a place to belong, for community. I thought I had what I knew was community, but it was all really superficial, you know, relationships, acquaintances, because what we did on the weekends was go out and drink and party and do all these things. And it wasn't until I got connected with a godly community and what that looked like and started living out the word, exactly what you know Acts 42 through 47 says, is breaking bread and praying with each other, that's when my community started and that's when God started to transform my life, not only from like the inside out, but just in everything. And if you've known me for more than six years, you could see that change. If you know me now, Good thing you didn't know me then. Uh, <laughs> no, but honestly, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for the community that I found, not only here at Grace Family Church, at the Exchange, but also different places that I went to, um, you know, like Surf Saturdays and hangs that I went here and there. Um, and yeah, it's just through that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, for me, I definitely found my community also here at The Exchange. I remember early in my faith journey, um, it was during COVID when I started my relationship with Jesus. I was reading my Bible all the time. I knew that the next step was community, but I wasn't plugged into any places, any churches, because we were on lockdown. So I started journaling and just writing out to God and just saying, Lord, reveal this community when the time is right, because I want to I want to grow. I want to be challenged in the Bible tells me to have community. So, um, you know, church opens back up. I start coming to the exchange, and it took time, y'all. It, it wasn't just instantly that I got a group of people that we started to connect and have community. But as I started serving, as I started getting connected in small groups at the exchange, I started to meet more people, and we just started to build different connections um, where eventually I formed a small life group with four of my ladies, and it's just the most amazing group ever. We get together every week. We talk, and sometimes some weeks we miss it, but mostly every week we get together and we just talk through the things of God. We talk about ourselves, about the challenges that we're facing, about the good things that are going on, just about life. And 
what it's allowed me to do is to grow in my relationship with Christ. Because it's one thing to sit on our own and to read the word of God, but it's another thing to see it in your friends, to live it out with your friends, to be challenged by those around you. And so when I'm with my ladies, it's amazing because we hold each other accountable. We call each other higher and we call out the blind spots in each other as well. And so um, I definitely recommend starting somewhere. You know, it doesn't have to be that you form a life group immediately, but just get in a group, get connected somewhere, start serving, get plugged in and start to see those people around you that have similar values as you and and start to build a friendship. So I, I just love my community so much. Yeah, I love, I love what you said about accountability because uh, when I first started uh, coming to church, it was kind of like that us four, no more mentality. I had my four uh, super close friends and it was like everyone else, like you're, you're welcome at the table, but it's not like we're breaking bread and we're eating together. And so you can come and sit down and you can be a part of the conversation, but actually enjoying what, what the fruit that we're producing is like, yeah, you guys can stay on the outside. And so when I really started to uh, develop a super strong uh, relationship with some guys, it, it really came from the fact that I am trying to be more like Jesus, and if that's my goal, I need some people in my life. I need some men in my life to point out my blind spots. I can't see everything. I never will be able to see everything. And if my ultimate goal is to look more like Jesus and to bear fruit the way that Jesus bears fruit, then I need those men in my life to be like, hey, bro, you are not the same person that you were last week. Like, you've got to fix this because this ain't right. Call those things out. And so, really, um, that's what my my community looks like now. It's really building up um, building up the body of believers and now like all people are welcome I think uh, having that that mindset of like yeah we're not going to shut people out like Jesus has 12 disciples but everyone's welcome at his table like he invites yeah. everyone in to be in a relationship and community with him but he also does have that set aside group of people that he really dives deep with and goes through life with and so, so good Really good. And I just kind of feel led to share this with you. I think when you're listening to each of us share today, I don't want you to get this idea that we have it all figured out or we're perfect people and we're we're calling you out and condemning and pointing the finger and shaming you. But I just wholeheartedly feel so led to share this with you. If you aren't in community and if you don't have those people in your life, I'm afraid that you may fall short of what God actually has for you in this life. I'm afraid that you may actually miss out on all that God has for you in this life. That's why we're doing this talk, because I believe wholeheartedly community is a key component to helping you pursue the things of God and become all that God has intended you to be. That's why we're doing this. So as I think about this next question, guys, I I want you to really lean into this. I'm not saying our ministry is perfect. I'm not saying we have it all figured out as we gather here at the exchange on Tuesdays, but really speak to some key characteristics or indicators that help um, us understand what a healthy, thriving Christian community looks like? I guess I'll take the lead on that one because I just talked about bearing fruit. So um, really, for me, if, if your friend group or if your community does not bear the fruit that the Holy Spirit talks about in Scripture, it is probably not a community that you should be a part of. Okay? And so those fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Okay, and so if we are lacking in one of those areas, it's not like you have to cut off the group completely, but it needs to be something that is addressed. Like if we are in a community of people that the goal is to strive to be like Jesus, then we should be reflecting the characteristics of who he is in every aspect. And we should, if there's something that's going on, like it is okay to call those things out. It's not like, oh man, like, oh, now now the whole friend group is broken because um, there's one issue. It's like, no, like address the thing and change the way that you guys are interacting with each other. That is what a, what a true 
Christ-like community is going to look like. Good. Yeah, and you know, going off of what you said, um, you kind of were about to touch on one of the things that I look for in a community based off of what the word says is three things, availability, humility, and transparency. And what that means is to be available is does this person have margin in their life to be able to spend time with me, with my other friends, with each other? Do they have time? And I think oftentimes we, we get mad. We set expectations on someone or you know a group of people that says, oh, they didn't invite me to that. They don't have time with me for that but have you expressed that to them? And so then that goes with transparency. Like, are you being real with them? Are you being authentic? Are you telling them how you feel? And then that gives you the humility. Are you willing to hear what they have to tell you and you be able to be humble enough to tell them things that you need to say? And I think one of the biggest things is like, it's hard to find connection if you're not vulnerable. That is very hard, and I can speak to that. I used to be someone who thought I was friends with everyone and lived for the approval of people. And it wasn't until my walk with God and getting into godly community and you know, getting into the word and knowing, hey, what is the difference between a worldly community and a godly community, and what does this look like to live it out? And it's being vulnerable. It's not something that comes easy. It doesn't come to me. I'm very stubborn. I like to be in control. And I like to fix things all the time. And lately, I find myself that if I am not vulnerable, then no one knows what I'm going through. And then I sit there and, you know, create these things in your mind like, I'm lonely. I have no friends. And that's not true. You have friends. The problem is you're not being vulnerable with them and authentic with them for them to be able to come to you and say, hey, here I am. Let me help you and let me walk alongside you. And so it takes those things. It's like look for availability, humility, and transparency, and you'll see how a relationship will change. Yeah, I love that so much, Lynn. And I also think when we're looking for a community, when we're in a community, we want to make sure that we're also helping each other grow in our relationship with Christ. And so I look at Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It should be up on the screen. And it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so I, when I read this verse, I'm reminded that when we're in our groups of community, we need to be sharpening one another. We need to be helping each other grow. And that means that we must challenge each other. We must be vulnerable, transparent, authentic with each other, but also pushing each other to good works. So whether that looks like in your community right now, maybe all of you aren't doing any sort of serving. You're not going out in the community. You're not serving in the areas that you're in. Maybe you're not having time in your word. Challenge each other in these things to do the good works that God has called us to do whether it's praying together, reading your word, going doing a serving mission on a Saturday or serving here at the Exchange or Grace Family Church, motivate each other to take that next step in their faith. And that way we're all building together. We're, we're building up one another at the same time. I love it. Um, one of the verses that come to mind when I think about this idea of uh, characteristics and indicators of healthy relationships or a godly community that surrounds you. I think about this verse in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 16. It says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. 
Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I think when it comes to this idea of community and inviting people into our lives, one of the greatest temptation is to invite people into our lives that tell us what we want to hear rather than telling us what we need to hear. And I think so many of us today, we would really flock towards and gather with those continuously that tell us to sweet things that uplift us and fill us. You're so beautiful. Well, maybe they don't, maybe they should tell you that, right? Like, you don't want to be told, you're a little busted. You know, you don't want to be told that. But I think naturally, like, we just gravitate towards people that just speak us up and inflate our heads and tell us all the things that we want to hear about our lives. But when we read this verse, what's so important that you understand is sometimes we need to invite people, not sometimes, all the time, we need people in our ears that will speak to the things that we need to hear and call us out and call us up and speak to the things that we're entertaining and doing and the places that we're going that we know we shouldn't be going and doing the things that we know God called us not to do. We need those people to challenge us and call things out of us. I think about this moment in the Bible, we hear about a man by the name of David and a man by the name of Nathan. What we know about David is he sleeps with a woman who is married to a man by the name of Uriah. Her name was Bathsheba. He ends up sleeping with her, he gets her pregnant, and then what does he do? He tries to cover up his sin by killing her husband, Uriah. And there's a man, a friend, that comes alongside of him by the name of Nathan, and he calls him out on his sin. But the whole time, what do we see? David's trying to play it off, he's trying to dismiss it, he's trying to dodge it. He's like, yo, there's somebody out there that killed this dude. But Nathan's like, no, you are the one. And you need to confess, and you need to repent, and you need to turn from your sin. And here's what I'm trying to tell some of you today. Many of us, we're entertaining sin in our life. And we're inviting people in that are entertaining the same sin. And what I'm trying to help you understand is sin kills. You're either killing sin or sin is killing you. And so many of us, we're just getting friendly and we're flirting with the line and we're flirting with sin. And we're just entertaining all these different things saying, oh, it's okay, everyone else is doing it. But can I tell you, the Bible speaks to the narrow path that he's called you to. He's calling us higher. He's calling us out of our comfort. He's calling us to say no to some things so we could say yes to the God things. So I want to challenge you today. When you think about this idea of, of some practices or some healthy practices that you should look for in a community or in a group of people, it should be people that are calling you out and calling you up, not telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Third thing I want to speak to or third question I want to ask is, in your experience, what are some of the benefits of sharing burdens and being vulnerable within a community? Oh, I love this question. Um, and I just want to speak to this because it's so important, like you said, that we're honest, we're transparent, and we're vulnerable within our groups. Um, but the thing is, when we share our burdens with one another, with those that are closest to us, it brings so much freedom. And it brings so much peace. Even James, James um, 5.16 is going to be up on the screen. It says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I love that. It says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I experience this personally within my group quite often. What happens is if I'm going through something, I'm going through a hard time. Just this week, I was just feeling a little crazy and I didn't know what was going on and I was feeling a little overwhelmed. And I texted my girls. We didn't even get together. I texted in the group chat. I sent a voice memo and I'm just like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Here's some thoughts that are going through my mind. I don't know what to do. I don't know if y'all have advice or if you just want to pray for me, but here's what's happening. 
and immediately I get responses. And they're not just sweet cookie cutter responses, but it's like, hey, I'm feeling some of the same things too right now. Hey, here, let me encourage you with this. Your time with God doesn't always have to look the same every day. Whatever it is, they encouraged me. And in that, I got to see that it wasn't alone. I'm not the only one going through what I was going through. And that's what happens when we share our burdens with one another is that we realize that we're not in this alone. A lot of times the enemy likes to tie us up in our head by thinking we're the only one going through this or we're the only one having those thoughts or we're the only one down this path. But in reality, there's a lot of people around us, especially in our close community of people that are struggling too. And to talk about it together, to be real, to be honest, and then to pray together. It says the the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And pray together, pray for one another, and it brings healing. I I, I don't want to miss that. When we confess our sins to each other, it brings healing. And so in your groups of people, in the communities that you're in, in your small groups at the exchange, confess to one another and let healing come through. Another thing I want to say is that, yes, I have my my group of girls, but I also have some key friendships in my life that aren't a group, that are just people that have been there for me in certain seasons consistently through different things who help me whether it's leadership mentorship personal life spiritual walk and they speak to different things in my life in different ways as well so it doesn't just have to be a group of people but have those different people positioned in your life to also talk through the things that need to be talked through yeah that's good gabby and you know it's like what gabby's talking about when she's saying you know it's she has her core her core is two to five people. And then outside the core is the village. And you said consistency. That's a thing you got to look for, consistency. People that are always there no matter what. The highs, the lows, everything that are there. And then is acquaintances. And then it's you having to know the discernment and asking, who do I go to for you know certain things? I'm not going to go to an acquaintance that I only speak to once every eight months and say, hey, this is what I'm going through because they're not going to understand. They're not doing life with me every single day. And sometimes what they tell you is like, oh man, that sucks. (laughs) That's all you're going to say to me after I just poured my heart out to you? Oh man, that sucks. And it's like confessing your sins. It's confessing your hardships, the burdens, what you're going through, what you're walking through. And when you have those close friends, it's like you're going to them and you're saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. I went, you know, it's, I did this today. And what the enemy wants to do, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's going to steal your peace, your joy, and make you feel alone. Make you feel that this is you. No one else is going through this. And then what happens is you create fear, and it causes this what-ifs in your head. I have the what-ifs in my head. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And what if this happens? And then you go down this rabbit trail of all these what-ifs. That's not what God wants. God is not a God of confusion. God is very clear in what he wants in your life. And what he does is you lean in on him. You always lean in on God first. And then you lean in on your community. And if you don't have those two to three people to five, get them. Because I don't know how I would be up here today if I didn't have my two to five people that I could go to and be like, hey, 
this is what's happening in my life. This is what I'm yeah. going through. This is what I experienced today. I don't know what to do. It's good. I don't know what to do. I don't know when this is going to be over. I don't know if I'm going to continue to wait, you know, many years, if it's going to happen today, if it's going to happen tomorrow. But this is what's happening today. Correct. And I don't know what to do. Guess what? They're able to speak into my life and tell me exactly what to do. Even if it's just a prayer, they're able to pray for you. And the weight that you felt is lifted. And that's the healing that you get to experience because you're able to share your vulnerability with someone. That's good. Um, and it wouldn't be possible if you don't have those two to five people. That's good. So th- let me ask this question. So in what ways does being vulnerable with our community and our peers and those who are closest to us, how does that lead us to spiritual growth? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead off talking to our men on this one. Okay. Um, and the reason why I'm leading off talking to our men uh, when it comes to spiritual, spiritual growth and transformation is because we like our comfort zone. Let's be honest. If we, if we walk through anything that brings us out of our comfort zone, we're like disgusted. We want nothing to do with it. We find the closest exit and we take it. <laughs> like we're like, great. I found it. We're gone. Right. And so spiritual growth hurts. Okay, spiritual, like men, hear me when I say this, spiritual growth is hard, it is painful, and we don't like pain, we don't like other people to see us in pain, we don't like other people to see us vulnerable, we don't like other people to see us crying, we don't like other people seeing us in a process of development, but if you never allow people to see those parts of your life, then you're going to stay the same for the rest of your life. Wow. I just, feel, I just feel burdened in this moment for, for this next part because, man, just speaking about vulnerability and, 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 and spiritual growth, man, you, some of us walk around this room desiring to be in the most spiritually developed relationship possible. Yes, we're talking about marriage right now in this moment. We're wanting to enter into a most spiritually challenging environment that you could ever possibly place yourself in. Yet we're, we're, we're afraid to go to a friend when we have a hard time in our life. That's Let me good. tell you something really quick. If you, if you are having a hard time, if you are having a hard time talking to another man about the things that are going on in your life spiritually, about the questions that you are having going on in your life, how do you ever believe, how do you ever come up with the concept of becoming a spiritual leader of your house? Because as a man, that's what we are called to be doing. We are called to be the spiritual leader of our household. And so we have to be... Yep. Round of applause. Yep. We have to learn the art of vulnerability. That's good. Because that's where we learn to trust Jesus more. Jesus didn't walk around with a hard face on 24-7. The greatest verse in the Bible. Remember, you can remember this verse. If you're like, oh, I don't remember any scripture, you can remember this one because it's literally two words. Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. Yeah. Yes. Whoa. Jesus cried. He did. It is okay to be vulnerable. It does something to your heart when you confess and you be vulnerable with other men. It just changes your life, truthfully. So, yeah. I'll hop yeah. off my soapbox. Yeah, that's great. And mic up. Um, no, you know, I went ahead and asked this on our Instagram. You know, what, what stops you from looking for community? And I'm going to read you some of the responses and then talk a little bit about them. 
Feeling like they already have it all and being scared to slip up and not seem perfect too. Fighting against a love for the world, social anxiety, opening up to new people in a new environment, anxiety around talking to new people, strangers, walking up to people. Um, but the one that stood out to me was judgment due to my past. Judgment due to my past. And what I think about, what comes to my mind, is the story of Peter. Peter betrayed Jesus, not once, not twice, three times. And in John 21, you get to see the love, the redemptive love and power of Jesus. He goes to Peter the same way he approached him in Luke and said, cast this net and, you know, bring it in, catch the fish. And that happens the first time Peter meets Jesus out in the boat in the water. And then in John, after, you know, Jesus dies and is resurrected, Jesus appears to Peter and says the same thing. Cast the net, you'll catch large fish, not little fish, large fish. And then he asks him three times, do you love me? Peter said yes one time. Do you love me? Yes, two times. Do you love me? Yes, three times. And Jesus was so quickly, it wasn't, he didn't ask him because he didn't know Peter loved him. He asked him because he wanted to show how much he loves us to forgive us of the past. And that's the sweet relationship that Jesus had with Peter, that they were to overcome everything that Peter did and denied and all these many different things. And there's people sitting in this room that you think that you cannot be forgiven and that you think you can't go up to someone like judgment due to my past past. As Christians, we're not here to judge you. We are here to walk alongside you and help you get out of whatever you came from. And I think about that and I think about, you know, I look around and there's probably someone in this room that this is hitting that it's like you've wanted to open up to someone, but you think that if you open up to them and you start saying all these things that they're going to be like, oh no, I don't want to be friends with them. Like they have all this baggage and all these things. No, don't let that stop you because that's the enemy telling you you are not worthy and you are worthy because you are a son and daughter of God. And you need to learn that if you're not vulnerable, you're not going to get to experience that full love that Jesus has for you. Very good. And with that, too, I, I love that. I love that so much. And I really, I want you all to know that this house here at The Exchange, we are here to, to do life together. And we are not here to judge. We do not tolerate judgment in this house, condemnation, shame, or guilt. We're here to talk through the hard things. That's why we create specific environments for you guys to get together and talk through those things. Now, if you've ever experienced that, we're sorry, but that's not the value of this house. We follow what the Bible says, which is to love one another, to build one another up, to encourage one another. And so we want you to know that in this place, you are home, you are welcomed, there's no judgment, but we're here to build one another up. And so I want us to just take that, that hardness out of our heart, off of our minds, and know that once we confess, once we're vulnerable about our past, there's going to be healing and freedom for us. So but I just want you all to know that from, from us, there is no judgment in this house at all. That's so good. Yeah. Really good.
John, I, I feel like you started going into this, this track, so I'm going to ask this question for you. How can a community strike a balance between providing support and maintaining healthy boundaries when individuals are sharing their vulnerabilities? Yeah. Um, we really need to start creating environments where conversations don't bleed into other communities. Because if we're talking about being vulnerable, conversations that I, if I was to share something with you that was very personal and very vulnerable, that doesn't mean post it on Instagram. That doesn't mean share it on Facebook. But when you share it with other communities outside of those social medias, media posts, you might as well post it on Instagram. You might as well post it on Facebook. We need to build a community where we can actually trust each other with the intimate things that are going on in our lives. And so really that, that support, that support part, we are called to carry the load together. We are called to share the burden of life together. And so as a community, yeah, man, I need people sometimes when I'm going through life and things are difficult and things are tough, I need people to carry me to the foot of the cross. Because there are some times where I am just handicapped and I just can't, I can't even, like, I don't even desire to sit at the foot of the cross sometimes. I'm like, man, this hurts so bad. What I'm going through just sucks. And if I'm sharing those things with people that are just going to blast it all over, all over social media or tell all the people in other communities and aren't going to genuinely care for me and bring me and carry me to the foot of the cross when I can't bring myself there myself, that's not a community that I want to be a part of. And so in that, though, when we're talking about maintaining a healthy boundary when individuals are sharing their vulnerabilities, we're not here to trauma dump on people at the same time. Okay, we create a safe environment for people to share openly and we are sharing in the burden, but I am not carrying the entire weight of that burden for you. It's good. Yeah. You got more in the tank, bro. Huh? You got more in the tank. You want me to keep going? Get him. A, okay. Somebody get him like a preaching rag or something like this dude's ready. Okay. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of lead off of that, that, trauma, that trauma dump thing. Man, there are places and spaces where it is okay to share the hardness of life. Not, yup, not everyone needs to know. Not everyone needs to hear it. And not everyone, even if they are in your close accountability group, not everyone's equipped to handle it. And so there are just some things that I just can't bring to my accountability group. Not because I don't trust them, not because I can't be vulnerable with them, but they're not equipped to handle the hard things that are going on in my life. And so it's okay to go to counseling. Yo, did y'all duck very quick? I'm sorry, I shot the counseling word out. I know the, the boys were about to run out of the room. My bad, pack up the Bibles. It's okay to get counseling. It is okay to seek help. The word help is not scary. The word help does not strike fear in your heart. It is okay to get help. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna yeah. skip to the, to the next part for you, uh, Pastor Mark. I'm sorry, I'm taking the, I'm taking the wait, wait, gonna, wait, boss, boss, before you skip to the next one. No? You know, because you touched on counseling and there, there is okay to go get counseling, guys. But that looks different in many different areas. That can also look like a mentor. Yep. And, you know, when we talk about community, one thing we didn't mention is, like, it doesn't have to be your age. It doesn't have to be people that are 
in that same age range, you know, like I'm 28, my close group of friends, my two to five, you know, that I'm thinking about right now in my mind, two of them are my age, the other three are way more experienced than me. And I consider them, you know, I've tried to word it, you know, like my mentor, like an older best friend. I don't know what to put a word to that, but it's like, it doesn't have to be your age group. Because if it is your age group and you don't go to anyone else that it's experienced way more than we have, I'm sorry, you're missing out on a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, a lot of things that they've gone through that you can go to them and be like, you know, well, you talked about it, marriage. I'm not gonna go to somebody who's not even close to getting married. Be like, hey, listen, I'm thinking of, get, you know, I'm dating this guy and this is what it looks like. No, I'm going up. I'm going up and I'm saying, I need you to come pour down into me, not this way. Um, yeah. And that's the image that came to my mind. It's like me going up, like we should always go up. And yeah, it's good. just, you know, it's let mentors me, Let, me, let well. me say this, and I think this is important that we understand this, because what I, I hear a lot about and I even experience and see, Oftentimes, and you spoke about this, like the, the, the trauma vomit or verbal vomit takes place. And I think many of us, I shouldn't say many of us, but I should say some of us, we do this just for attention. We do this to be seen. We do this to be heard. And I would just say this. If you're being someone that's on the receiving end of verbal vomit and just somebody that just keeps pouring out on you, challenge them. Have you spoken to the Lord about this? At the end of the day, and I really wholeheartedly believe this. Counseling is important, mentors are important, community is important, but at the end of the day, if you're not going to Jesus, friend, you're not finding healing. You're not finding healing. You're not finding freedom. You're not breaking through. You're not going to walk in what God has for you. And I think so often, so many people just want to verbal, verbal vomit. They just want to be heard. They just want to talk, and they just want to process. But I would just challenge you, if you're on the receiving end of that, you need to point that person to Jesus. You need to point them and challenge them. Have you spoken to the Lord about this? Have you opened up the scriptures on this topic? The word of the Lord has a lot to say about what you're walking through. And I think that at the end of the day, we want the praise at the end of the day. Oh, I helped them navigate through their problem. But if you don't know the word for yourself, friend, you are a disservice to that person too. Yeah. You aren't going to help them find the freedom and walk in all that God has for them. So at the end of the day, I'm not only trying to point you to community in the room. I'm not only trying to point you to a mentor or a group of people that are going to hold your arms up when you're weak. I'm trying to point you to the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Cool. Uh, last question. I know we're going a little bit over. Um, I think we got a negative clock running on the back. But question number six. What are some common obstacles you have observed young adults facing when seeking to connect and be involved with Christian communities? You spoke a little bit I, about that. Yeah, so I spoke a little bit about that. Um, but one of the things is knowing what is unity. I think a lot of times we think that just because we do activities together means that we're best friends, we're friends. And we've spoken about all of these things, what it means to be truly in a community and what it means to be united. You said something earlier, all are welcome. And I want to speak into this because that's truly one of our, our values at the exchange. You talked about authenticity is a heartbeat. All are welcome is that we're not a crowd, but a community and it's on the back of one of our shirts. If you see somebody with a blue shirt, it says all are welcome. And I want to read, you know, Galatians 3:28. And it should be up. It says, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All are welcome. No matter what walk of life you're in, no matter what you're going through, 
all are welcome into this place. And if you speak to one of our leaders, if you speak to any one of us, like we said, there is no judgment in that. Um, and then I want to touch on something you, you said, you know, it's like the word vomit. A lot of times we think that we're going to someone because we're seeking advice, but we've got to be careful because there is, there is a line between advice and then it turns into gossip. And so that's why you have to be very careful. It's like, am I coming to you because I truly, you know, care and I need you to speak into this? Or am I coming to you because I need you to know what this person did and I want everybody in the world to know what this person did? And it takes me, you know, to Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It's like, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but to the interest in others. And that is what you have to do when you're going to someone. Ask yourself, is what I'm going to say going to bring glory to God, going to bring me closer to God, or is it going to deteriorate me? And Gabby talked about what we do here at the exchange, and I'll speak into this. There's been many times where advice turns into gossip, and we nip that right on the butt. We are very good at pulling someone aside, and it's that, you know, holding them accountable. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. And if you don't have anyone around you that is able to do that, you can find that here. And we're going to create opportunities for you tonight, during the summer, and in the fall, wherever. We have that for you. And so, but I want to go back to that. It's like, we nip it in the butt. Like we've sat and had conversations with many volunteers and leaders where it's like, hey, you know, so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that. And what do you do? We go bring the word of God and say, well, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to reconcile and we're going to come up with the next step. And that's how we resolve it. But we always go to God first. I think the first thing we always do is we pray in that conversation initially. And then we pray at the end. And if you have any questions, concerns, things you want to talk about, we're here. Um, and that should also go into a friendship, into a community. Um, and I'm going to, you know, let you talk about all the different things that we have here. Yeah, that's really good. And that, like you said, that's a great model to have within a community is just to talk about things, to bring the word of God into every situation, every conversation, and to communicate about the things that are, that are going on. And so I want to talk, and I just want to say, I know that there was a lot of information talked about tonight. Community is a wonderful thing, but I know it can sound daunting to think that we have to have all of this perfect and figured out to find a community, or if we don't have this, we don't know what to do, and it's easy to get lost and confused, but I just want y'all to know we just have to start somewhere. It just takes one step. So if you're in that community right now, maybe you guys get together, and you talk, and you see what, what needs to change. How can we grow in this community? Or you need to say, you know, what are we doing that's good, and how can we continue to do that? And if you're not in a community, we want to encourage you and challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and talk to someone new. And like I said, it just starts with one small step. You might not find your three to five tonight 
and that's okay. But first, you know, we want to pray to God and just ask that he would bring those people that are supposed to be around you, around you. But here's the thing. Tonight, we don't want to leave y'all without having an opportunity to connect with someone. So we've created just a little social outside where it's a little different than our normal ones, but here's what we want to do. We want our ladies to stay in the lobby and hang out. We have some activities. We have some things to do. We want y'all to hang out in there. And our men, I know it might be a little hot outside, but we want y'all to hang out outside. We've created a special environment for y'all as well, where in this time, y'all, this is where you get to take that first step. Whether you're in a community or you're not, talk to someone new. We want to challenge you to get uncomfortable. Ask someone a challenging question. Talk to someone about something that God is doing in your life. Exchange numbers with someone. There's so many different ways that we can connect, but we want to give you an opportunity right after service to go ahead and do that. Don't miss out on this opportunity to just say hello to someone and start there. Yeah. One of the other things that we have, you know, not only at the exchange, but across all of Grace Family Church, all seven locations. And this goes to what Jonathan spoke about counseling and then what I said about mentoring. Obviously, you're not going to find anyone over the age of 29 in this room. But there are different places you can go to to find them. I think I heard my mom say yes. I'm pretty sure that was her voice. Um, and I might be mistaken, but if not. Uh, but anyways, we have groups at Grace that are for men, women, co-ed, there's discovery groups like Discovering Jesus, Discovering Foundations, all these different groups. And right now, what's going across all seven campuses is a deep dive. We've, you've heard us talk about it, Colossians. And I don't want you to miss out on this because this is a huge opportunity. It's happening at every campus. In every group you will sit in, there won't be people that are your age. They're going to be a mix of all different types of people in all different walks of life. You could go from 60 years old to 18 years old and younger. And so my challenge to you is, if that is you sitting in there and it's like, you know, like I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for someone to pour into my life. Get to one of the campuses, join a group. Maybe you meet them there, maybe not, but you won't know if you just stay seated comfortably in what you're in. You've got to step out and you've got to challenge yourself. Another challenge I have for you is, you know, you, you talk about going deeper in the word. You talk about finding community and getting in small group. We don't have small groups at the exchange during the summer. And we do that intentionally so that you guys can, you know, enjoy your summer, but also create community yourself. It's like we're not always going to, you know, like hand feed it to you. Here it is, here it is, here it is. No, you have to get up. You have to go and get a book and say, you know what? I'm going to start my own small group. I'm going to go get my Bible, get a book, find two to th three, five, six, seven, eight. There's a group in here that is almost up to 35 people. And they're going to meet in different coffee shops at someone's house. Like, think about it. One person made an invitation. That one person made another invitation and another one and another one and another one. So imagine you're sitting there and you're like, I want to be in a group. Make the invitation. Don't wait for somebody to come to you, knock on your door and be like, hey, do you want to join a group? No, go and make that invitation because just how you're sitting waiting, someone else is sitting waiting for an invitation. So it's like, that's my challenge to you. It's like create 
a small group. It's We call them neighborhood groups. You can do it at work, at school, at your house, at a coffee shop, at a picnic table, out at Curtis Hickson, wherever you want to do it at. It's there for you. It's available. And we have them. If you're interested in one, you can come and see one of us. I'm not sure if we're going to have them out in the lobby. But they, okay. Yeah, we, we have books there, for sale so. in the lobby. And you guys can find information at that table as well. Yeah. So awesome. Get connected. Get in a group. We want you guys to take that first step. But not only that, after service today, like Gabby mentioned, we've got a social. And men, you guys are going to be outside. Women, you're going to be in the lobby. But before we break out, I want to take a moment to pray. But come on, can we just give it up for Lindsay, Gabby, and John doing an amazing job today? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to watch a quick video after this. Father, I thank you right now for who you are. God, I thank you that you're present. I thank you, God, that this conversation, ultimately at the end of the day, God, we just want to point each and every person in the room towards you, God. I just pray that somebody in the room today would take a step towards you and take a step towards community. And through that community, Father, I pray that they would find all that they've been seeking. Most importantly, God, we pray right now, God, that you would challenge us to become more like you. Lord, I pray right now, God, that as we step out of the room, that we would make new connections, that we would meet with people and meet new faces that are going to help us follow after you. So, Father, we thank you for each and every person in the room. Let us leave this place changed and transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.